to WBNG Ed Talks, a simple discussion about sometimes complex military education benefits. I'm Dr. Sherry Schaefer, Education Services Officer for the West Virginia National Guard. During our last episode, we promised to talk TEB Talk. That's TEB, T-E-B, or the Transfer of Eligible Benefits. More specifically, this refers to the transfer of Chapter 33 post-9-11 GI Bill benefit. Joining me today is Staff Sergeant Jason Wilson, our GI Bill Manager for the West Virginia National Guard. Welcome back to Ed Talks. Thank you very much, Dr. Schaefer. It's good to be back. So start from the beginning for me. Can you describe in a nutshell, what is the Chapter 33 benefit itself? So Chapter 33 is a, well, it's obviously the post-9-11 GI Bill, but it's an, it's an educational program for the service members uh, that serve on active duty. Uh, they serve after September 10th, 2001, and they have to be able to receive an honorable discharge from that service. Gotcha. And so you qualify for it with just having uh, that time after that time period, or, is it, or how does that work? So, so basically it's specifically USC codes that qualify. So any type of order that you're on uh, will give you, will have those codes on it. Generally, um, there are specific ones that qualify you for time that count towards that service. So we have some folks now who are who have been on the COVID-19 orders and those qualify now, don't they? Yeah, yes, they, they most definitely do. Um, they're, they're coded correctly because of uh, being a presidential proclamation so, therefore, they, it does count as time qualifying towards post-9-11. So, at what point can the benefit be transferred? Um, the service member has to serve um, at least six years. Uh, has to commit at least that, that long. Um, and then, uh, if they would happen to, from 2001 forward, if they would have happened to receive a Purple Heart, on or after September 11th, and they were honorably discharged, uh, they could do it before that, that six-year time frame. But they have to have served at least six years in order to do the transfer. And, and who can receive the transfer? Um, so their dependents can. So those dependents have to be um, inside years. Um, so like uh, children that uh, the couple has themselves, um, children that they adopt, things of that nature, uh, but foster children and wards uh, cannot use the benefit. So they have to actually be showing in Zeers as well, um, because when they go out to do the actual transfer, if they're not showing in Zeers, they actually can't give that benefit to their dependents. So it would probably be a good thing for them to check before they decide to do this, is to check to see who else listed in their Zeers. Right, and it's probably a good idea to give the education office a call because these things, as we know, the policies change from time to time and, you know, requirements change and those kinds of things. So what's in place today may not necessarily be tomorrow, correct? Correct. That is very, that is very, very true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've seen it happen. So, so if a service yeah. member wants to initiate this process, what do they need to do? So a service member needs to make sure that they have a current, like their DD-214 uh, from that service uh, or an NGB-23. Um, 
basically an NGB23. All that is is a document that's in your iPerms folder. It shows all, like, from the time you get into the National Guard through the end of your career, it's going to show time that you've uh, served. So you may be a National Guard soldier who's drilled. It'll show that time frame, and then it'll have a different code and show time frames when you've deployed or done service that would count towards post-11. So those are things that the education center, when they look at the soldier and seeing if they qualify, that's what they're looking for inside of iPhone. So there's DD-214s, uh, when you come off of orders, things of that nature. So like our COVID soldiers, when they come off orders, they obviously go through a process and they get a 214 showing that that service, um, same way with deployments and things of that nature. So if they don't have the 214s in there, the NGB-23 should show that time frame. Uh, it has to be a current updated one as well. Um, once they have that, um, they need to make sure that they're showing the four-year commitment that they have to have in order to, to do this transfer of education. So if they already have uh, more than four years, four years or more on their contract already at that time frame, then they would be good. If they have less than four years, they would have to extend out to show that four-year time frame when they apply. Um, meeting so that four that years... Would, Meeting that four years is critical, right? Yeah, that is that is uh, like a, a showstopper, so to say. Uh, if they don't have that four years, um, in like before they actually, if they go out to Bill Connect and apply, before that four year contract is on there, they'll automatically get denied. So, just um, they have to have that four year contract, uh, four years on their contract when they go to apply. Um, Mill Connect site, obviously, you know, that's where they'll go out to and apply. Um, so the, the place they'll have to go in, there's check boxes. A lot of times, you know, me being a soldier as well, a lot of times we don't read things as well as we probably should. <laughs> this is a very important, very, very important thing that they're going to, uh, need to like put forth some effort and make sure that they take the time and read the boxes before they check them. Because that four year commitment is a box that they check. They understand that they're committing to, you know, you know, four years, you know, uh, they have to serve that four years um, for this to actually take place or to be good. So one of the um, misconceptions I often hear is that, well, my child is not, um, you know, not it, they're not old enough to go to school yet, so I should just probably wait, right? Um, I would suggest no. So if they're at, if, if they're at that six-year mark in their career, and they just had a brand new baby or their kids, you know, you know two, three, four, five years old. College seems like it's a long ways off. Mm -hmm. that's, that's probably true. But um, there are a lot of people, things happen uh, to them. Uh, they, they wait. Uh, life happens to all of us. So if they hit that six-year point and they plan on staying, I would highly suggest that they extend um, send out essentially get a bonus. I mean, there's a lot of bonuses out there for MOSs, but on the opposite of that coin, they could also get another important benefit. They could transfer their GI Bill benefits to their children at that point. Um, I would highly suggest when they do the transfer, they don't just transfer one month. I mean, transferring one month is, is giving them a benefit, but something would happen to the service member before he would go back in, he or she would go back in and change um, that number, um, then they would lose out on any other benefits that the service member could give them. So we always say to treat it like a will, and it should be treated like that. 
Um, so service member, if he needs more months, he can go in and change those months, pull months back for himself to go to school or do whatever he wants with his benefit or their benefit. So um, it's better to give and then take from than it is to not give and not have later. And we see that from time to time in the education office where someone didn't do the process and now their child's going off to school and they're looking at these bills and it's like, oh, you didn't do it. So Exactly. There's yep. a lot of people that, that thought they did this before they, you know, they, they creep up on that, you know, 20 years or time frame to get out. They creep up and thought they did this and then come to find out they actually didn't complete the process correctly or they didn't even do the process. What they thought was the process was not. Uh, they may have filled out a form for information on it at some point. I know that was the case uh, during one of my deployments. A lot of people signed up for information on transferring their benefits, and it was just a form to, to for that information. It wasn't the whole contractual portion and four-year commitment and all of that that they had to do through milk. Um, so a lot of people thought they did this, and then I did have a case where a guy had two two daughters, and that was what happened. They He got to the point where um, he thought he had done it. His daughters were getting close to high school age, you know, close to the end of high school and getting ready to go to college, and uh, he called, and I had to tell him that he didn't have a benefit. That, so his girls don't have to, like, pick up loans and pay out of pocket and things of that nature, scholarships to, to get through school. Yep. So the process to apply and, and everything, it, it's my understanding it's changed a little bit most recently and or recently. And do you have any tips to make that process go smoother? Um, it has changed. Um, there was a point in time where you could go out to Milconnect and apply for the TEB without making uh, sure everything was done first. So, like, if you didn't have that, um, that four-year contract signed or you needed to extend for a year or whatever, um, they would, you would go on, you would do your milk neck, let's say it was done today, and then you, they send you back an email saying you need to extend. Well, extending takes a little bit uh, for it to update and everything like that in the system once you sign a contract. So um, basically what they were doing is they were giving that time to basically correct things that you needed in order to uh, have everything, all your I's dotted and T's crossed um, to make sure that you had the four-year contract, you went in the milk neck, you applied, you, you you were good to go. And then once that was done, then they would approve your account and your start date would go back to the day that you applied. So now basically what they're doing is you have to make sure that all this stuff is correct. You have four years uh, available that you have years on your contract at this that point in time when you apply, um, that you have an NGV 23 or DD214 showing that you qualify for the benefit. Um, inside of your iFirms because um, that's where they're going to actually go out and look. There's an old thing where, you know, if it's not an iFirms, it didn't happen kind of thing. And that, that definitely holds true to a lot of stuff with education, especially this. So <clears throat> once um, once the contract gets permed, it can be put in. may not even need to be updated as long as they can see the contract and it's good. Um, that's helpful. Um, but a lot of times it takes it a little while for that to get uploaded as well. So, so prepare for that, that would, time frame. Yeah, just just basically make sure you have all your ducks in a row before you actually go out and actually do the application process. But you don't want to, so if I had just went over 
the four year mark. So I had like three years, 11 months and so many days. Obviously I'm still going to need to extend out a little bit. So, um, I'm not going to extend for the exact to make it four days and then not apply for a week and a half because then I'm right back to where I was. I'm under that four-year mark. So a lot of people will, will extend for like an extra month. Um, doesn't really hurt anything. They're extending out for one one more month uh, just to give them enough time to pad. But they signed that contract today and they would uh, have everything done. And they go out to Mill Connect on the fly. Once uh, we can actually send that to the education office out at, at Little Rock, and they can see that um, that they signed it that day, they committed to the four years, and they were in Mill Connect the same day and did the application. So, it, it, it as long as they can see that you um, did your obligation and application at the same time, if it's that close, then you'll be okay. So, on a personal note, you transferred your benefit, did you not? I did transfer my Chapter 33 benefits to my wife, yes. Um, I re-enlisted for three years to give her two months of benefits. Uh, Although it might seem like it would not be worth it, uh, (laughs) she did did take some great use out of the benefits. She paid for um, some testing that, you know, that she took in in school. The the VA will pay back for um, testing. You you can usually be able to pay back uh, fees for testing and things of that nature. So that's what she did with a lot of the time uh, that she had that I gave her for those two months. So, so yeah. So in your case, three years was worth two months. <laughs> yeah. In, in, my, in my case, it was. A lot of people looked at me kind of crazy for, you know, signing that much time, um, you know, on my signing for an additional three years to make the four to give her just two months of benefit. But um, at the same time, it, it, in my eyes, it was well worth it. She got what she needed. She got national board certification of the deal that the VA helped pay for. So, um, Giavo worked out good for me. Yeah. So what advice would you give someone who's on the fence about TEB? I mean, in other words, are, are there questions that you get over and over again that, that speak to the misconceptions about the process? Yeah. I, I mean, we get a lot of misconceptions. So one of the biggest ones is that there is a 16 year service limit, uh, for transferring. So if you have 16, the day you hit 16 years of service, you can no longer transfer your benefits. That was the case uh, last year up until about summer, and uh, it got stuck in a bill to where they changed that. So once that bill got signed, that uh, that 16-year rule went away, so it's no longer there. Um, so you can, you can extend as long as you have four years on your contract. You can extend as long as you need to. Um, as long as you can do that that extension and serve those four years, you're good. Um, another is all I have to do is uh, go out to Mill Connect and apply, and then I'm done. Uh, the soldiers feel like once they go to Mill Connect and they've applied for the benefits, they're good to go. They put in how many months they want their kids to have, and they fill out all their stuff, and they say that they're going to agree to four years or whatever, but that's not the end of the road. So on kind of a bad thing, but it's the only way that they can do it right now, when they're communicating with our service members, um, the education support office, when they're doing these transfer of education benefits and approving and disapproving things of that nature or needing information from the soldier, they're contacting them through their military email address. Now, a lot of soldiers don't check their military email address. So they'll get denied or they, in the past, they've needed 
you know, to extend or they've needed an NGB 23, which we, if generally if it's an NGB 23, our office gets contacted, but, um, for other things such as contracts or they need to extend, they'll contact the soldier. They won't contact the unit or anybody else. They just contact the soldier. So they have to pay attention to that email address, uh, when they're doing this process, because that's where all correspondence will be signed. Um, yeah. So really and truly, it, it's about working the process and following up. I mean, simple as that. Make yeah. sure that you've that, you've done everything you need to do because you don't want to lose that benefit. That is true. And that four-year commitment, once you once you make that commitment, you know, that's, that's like me. You know, I did that three years to give my wife those two months, and my commitment's not up for that four years until this coming March. So if I was to get out, which I know it doesn't seem like a lot of money, but if I was to get out, whatever she has used for those two months, the VA would recruit me on. Um, they would take back 100% of what she she got paid uh, because I didn't fulfill my contract. Now, we've heard horror stories at yep. different conferences of different states and different people um, being recouped on large amounts of money because people got out before they served that four years. Thousands. Now there are exceptions. <laughs> there are exceptions to that rule, but um, those are limited. Mainly, like if there was some kind of like medical discharge, um, and there's guidance, there's regulations uh, that go along with that. How um, how that all works? So case by case basis. But um, yeah, as, as they need to serve that four years, or they're going to definitely get recouped, and that's a lot of money, depending on how much their dependents have used it. Well, Staff Sergeant Wilson, on that note, thank you so much for being here and for shedding some light on the TEB process. Join us next time on WVNG Ed Talks, where we discuss student finances. Show us the money. WVNG Ed Talks. Tune in, turn it up, and join the conversation. Mm-hmm.